This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! You don't like that? You don't like NBA basketball! 360. Oh, hit him with the sauce. Got it! And one! Fires a long one. Nothing but net. Welcome to another episode of All Nat, brought to you by OCS. Uh, today, I am joined by uh, Nathan, who is a Sixers fan, and I'm so excited to talk to him today. Uh, one of the reasons I wanted to have Nathan on the show is because whenever he gives like his, you know, assessment or anything about the Sixers, it's always so reasoned. And when you're on NBA Twitter, it's like one of the hardest things in the world to find fans in particular who are like that. And I am actually, I like to think of myself as reasonable, but I know a lot of people think I can be like a little extreme or, you know, whatever, but he always just has really balanced takes, you know, um, I think, and we'll, we'll get into this a little bit, but I've even talk, heard him talk about why it's probably time to move on from Ben Simmons. And normally you always hear people just being like, oh, it's like they either really pro-Ben and like they go hard for him or they're really anti-Ben and he's trash. And he just always comes with like very reasoned balanced analysis. So I love that for um, my guests and I love that for my show. So I wanted to have Nathan on. I'm sure you guys will enjoy my conversation with him. So Nathan, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being on. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. Oh, see, even his, his tone of voice is so balanced. Okay. So <laughs> I'm super up and down and I'm passionate and I get excited. And sometimes you guys are like, nah, you know, come on, dial it back. So I need someone to like, you know, counter and offset that. So I appreciate you. So uh, the Warriors are going to be playing the Sixers. Uh, I'll actually be attending that game. I'm going. So I'm super excited. I'm also excited because I know this is bad to root against my guy and I'm really not rooting against him because I don't want to get killed by Warriors fans, but there's a slight chance Steph's three-point record or the record to pass Ray Allen (laughs) might come into play for that game and I would like to see it in person. So I'm sort of hoping we have one game before that. We play the Portland Trailblazers um, on Wednesday and then we go to Philly on Saturday. And so you know, he has to hit 16 threes to pass Ray Allen. Possible for Steph Curry. I think a little, 
um, aggressive, but definitely possible. So I think there's a good chance, a good chance that I get to see him break that record in person. And um, that's what I'm hoping for. But also you always have the whole Steph versus Seth rivalry. That's like an underlying <laughs> thing of the game. So you'll have that. So a lot of, a lot of storylines, um, but they're going to be playing the Sixers who I think now we're kind of back on their winning ways. You guys lost Embiid for a while. You had um, Tobias out for a while. You guys are dealing with some yeah. COVID protocol issues. Yep, yep, yep. You had like a great record at the time. You were like, I think at the top of the East or one of the top teams. We are like eight and two, and then it got real. Yeah, and you guys lost a lot of yeah. games. And so yeah. um, how is it now like with everything back? Like, is, like how has, because I, I saw some quotes from Embiid where he was kind of saying, like, I have a far way to go, like, to kind of get back, I guess, you know, into form. Um, so, like, what are you seeing from him, and how are they looking? Um, I think it's Embiid. So there's always some lingering in- issues, for sure. Um, so sometimes he plays very timid, where you'll see him, you know, instead of, you know, attacking the rim, he's just floaters, you know, floaters and, you know, mid-range, you know, he likes to eat on that left you know, left lower block kind of thing, mid post, like to eat from there. And sometimes he relies on that too much. So when he's playing like that, I can tell he's just timid or he's trying to pick his spot. So he's all his spacing in the world now. And he's still taking, you know, shots eight, 12 feet from the rim. So, you know, in the last two games, you can see he's actually attacking the rim. So that's kind of where I think he's feeling. He's getting his touch back. He's starting to hit those, you know, shots and he's getting to the rim. It's like the big thing there. And what about so, Tobias? Uh, Tobias is Tobias, you know, like, um, I mean, he was a borderline all-star last year though. He's right. You know, but he doesn't make border all-star money, you know? So it's like, you expect more, you know, it's, it's one of those things where like, I don't think he's an awful player. I know people do not like Tobias, you know, I don't think he's an awful player at all. I think that, um, sometimes he's forced to be something he's not, you know, when I say that, I mean, you know, Tobias isn't the guy you want taking six, nine threes a game. But, you know, sometimes he's forced to be that guy or and he becomes that guy and he's not tacking the rim, you know. And then there's always, you know, everyone deferring to Embiid. So you'll see games where, you know, everyone's trying to get Embiid going and everyone just kind of trying to find their spots. So I think overall, like this season, is just no one really has any rhythm. So when you see like a guy like Tobias, he's not really like an assertive guy, you know, and when he is assertive, he looks like Westbrook, you know, in times, you know, it's like where he's, why did he shoot that? You know, right. does he see any, does he see anybody else open around him? You know, like, what is he doing? <laughs> you know, so it's like, you know, he's not an awful defensive player. I can see he took steps there, but I feel like overall, he's not obviously a number one or a number two you know, maybe not even number three option, but really? he's kind of, I don't even think he is sometimes, you know, because um, he's just too, so inconsistent, you know, he's very inconsistent, you know, but I mean, in today's NBA, yeah, he could be a number three, but as far as like being a contender or, you know, being one of those teams that are almost like a trade away from a contender, I don't think he's number three on one of those teams, you know, Do you think I don't he think he's consistent last year or he was still the same thing. Um, I think he had a really good stretch where there was a point where I was like, yo, this guy's an all-star, you know, it was probably, uh, probably about January, maybe he was really good. Like, I was like, wow, he's right there. 
this might sound crazy. I mean, I had friends push back against, but I was like, yo, he's right there with like Levine and, you know, things like that as far as like his production offensively. Right. You know, and then, it, but it's one of those things where he gets inconsistent, where he'll, you know, go a few games or hitting a three, or he'll have a few, you know, two, four, 11 games, you know, like he'll have those. And it's like, why? You know, and it's, those games come whenever Embiid's out or what Ben was out a few times last year. So it's like, is he really like a number three option? Is he that guy, you know? And then he'll have. Um, is that really inconsistent though with like, I guess most NBA teams, even the ones that have won championships, like is your number three gonna like be, cons- you know? I don't know. I mean, uh, I think Warriors fans are kind of doing a similar dance this year with Andrew Wiggins. Like we're starting to see like- It's been good. Yeah, good. sessions really good. for him. But I mean, I think there's some times where you're gonna see like some inefficient shooting. But mm-hmm. I, I, I think that's, probably normal for a number three you know maybe i'm wrong no you're you're right it's just um when they get max money it's a different thing you know um especially what you guys focused on yeah because it's it's one of those things where uh with philly is different because they had the option to pay so many other people you know um you know obviously jimmy butler you know however people felt about jimmy him leaving is a huge reason why he's Tobias is criticized the way he is, you know, because they're like, wow, why didn't why didn't Jimmy get that money? You know, I understand why Philly did it, you know. Um, why did they obviously- do it? Um, honestly, I think it was more of a front office thing, you know. Um, I don't know for sure, um, but I, I kind of feel like it was one of those things where if you see in the playoffs, I think this is where it all kind of started, where they took the ball out of Ben's hands, you know, and I totally understand, you know, Ben Simmons feeling some type of way about that, like. I mean, I played point guard all year, and then now you guys just lose faith in me. You know, I can see that causes some type of conflict between the two, you know, and obviously Jimmy's not the type of guy that hold his words. He probably understood where Ben's coming from too, but I can see how that can look like, what is the coaching doing? Our coaching is terrible, you know? So I can see Jimmy probably sided with Ben in a way, and then this other time, okay, we want to win too. So he can look at like, these guys in Philly are like stupid, you know? So they probably had no choice. You know, they're probably like, we're not going to give this guy, Jimmy Butler, all the money he wants because we don't even like him. You know what I mean? So they give it to a Tobias, you know, and they do a crazy trade for Horford, you know, like stuff like that. So a lot of that has to do with that, I think. I think Philly fans understand that. So they they look at Tobias like, bro, we could have had someone else with this money. You know what I mean? So I totally agree with you when you say like, I mean, third options aren't necessarily guys that can, you know, finish but it look at him like yo we could have had a jimmy you know which i'm not the hugest fan of jimmy but i feel like he's a better player than tobias you know okay well yeah i mean i think everybody thinks jimmy's better but yeah i think a lot of the getting rid of the jimmy at least from the outside looking in and from what i saw heard it had to do with ben like conflict between jimmy and ben not necessarily yeah. like personal conflict personal conflict right their play styles on the court right right and so philly right. chose ben, ben you know mm-hmm. um which makes sense you know it makes sense he's you know the younger guy obviously i like i think jimmy obviously ben no one likes ben now i totally understand that but i feel <laughs> like ben is a better player than jimmy you know like i i understand like people look at it like this guy went five straight games without a shot in the fourth quarter that, that's ridiculous like I, I i understand that type of stuff but as far as like, even you look at Philly now, like how, how the defense has fell off a cliff, you know, we're not generating nearly as many turnovers, you know, we're just leaking 
points on defense. Like our defense is like top three. Now we're like almost bottom five, bottom eight, you know? And so I was not gonna ask, are the... you missing um Ben? And it sounds like you are, but it's it's hundred percent defensive yeah. end. And pace on offensive end too. You know, like our offense look like the most unathletic offense I've ever seen, like in pro basketball. Like we're literally just unathletic. We look unathletic, you know, we just look slow, you know, we play with no pace. And I was Ben, like I hated this about Ben, where it felt like sometimes all he wants to do is get a rebound, run down the court and kick the ball out. Like that aggravated me. But we miss that now, you know, um, we're taking the ball up too slow. You know, we're letting people get set in their, off their defense, you know, and we're beating people half court sometimes. But on the flip side of that, we need that pace. You know, we're playing way too slow. So, yes, Ben Simmons, what he did in the fourth quarter for those five games is, you know, there's no defending that. But I feel now we're definitely missing that pace, you know, as far as like the speed and then getting the turnovers and generating the turnovers and, you know, I rebounding too is another thing we're missing out on defense Basically, too we're like getting up yeah. giving a lot of offensive rebounds too so let's first i take out like the differences between ben and the org do you think ben simmons and mb should be playing together as like co-stars do you think they fit like if they could work out all of the differences do you think they fit as a tandem to be a con you know, championship contender? That's tough. You know, I mean, obviously like, the way life works, there's no like ideal, perfect, that just doesn't exist in reality. You know, like we could play 2K and, you know, edit attributes and stuff like that. But in reality, it doesn't work that way. But as far as like competing with, you know, the contenders with Ben and be on the same floor, absolutely, I think it works. You know, I've obviously have been a strong Ben, ben defender. You know, I obviously feel different now, but I feel like it absolutely could work, you know, as far as like it's two different playing style, you know. So like Embiid's a guy that's going to slow the game down and he can beat you in a half court. You know, obviously Ben is going to push the pace. He's going to he's going to put pressure on, the, you know, at the point of attack, you know, defending like you need that. You know, it helps, you know, it helps the guy that's protecting the rim, helps everybody else kind of can float around like guy like Matisse can float around and just wreak havoc, you know, play free safety when you got a guy like Ben on the, you know what I mean? You can do more, you know, it gives you more versatility on defensive end. And then obviously it doesn't look pretty on offense, you know, but I feel like a lot of that's mentality, you know, like it's like, you know, there's no reason why, like you, you just don't look at the rim for five, straight fourth quarters, you know? And so that's it's like, what I was going to ask. How do you fix what his fourth quarter problems are? Because, you know, like me, I'm actually not a fan of Ben and people mm -hmm. have been trying to get him to the Warriors. And I'm always like, yeah, fuck y'all. I don't want him on my team. And yeah. um, I'm like, this is not an issue to me of talent. He's talented. Right. So like when you said like, he's the better player than Jimmy, I like, like I was going to say, like, he's more talented than Jimmy, but like, sure. yeah. I trust Jimmy to take shots in the fourth quarter and not be afraid to get fouled. And right, right. What is going to correct that issue for Ben? People seem to just think it's a change of environment. And I'm like, no. I don't, I feel like what we saw last playoffs was maybe the worst it was. But I feel like there were signs and indications of this before. Like it, like 100%. people are treating it like it was an isolated incident. And like, to me, it's not. So I'm just like, why do I believe that this is going to change and get better? That's just on the court. And then there's just some diva tendencies I don't like about him from my Which is fine. 
Yeah, which is fine. Off the court stuff is totally fine. Like people don't realize, like you know, these guys are professionals. You know, they don't have to be friends off the court. Even if they are, that doesn't mean they want to play together either. You know, right? And vice versa, they don't have to like each other and do really well. You know, these guys are—they have their own families, their own friends. Like you know, when you finish playing basketball, you probably don't want to hear about basketball. You know, you probably don't want to deal with anything with it. So the off the stuff court, like off the court stuff, I, I I could totally see like they might not get along, which they might get along. Who knows? But on the court, like you said, like the mentality stuff, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like, I think with him, it's like people feel like he can get traded somewhere and be fine. But I just feel like he's going to go there and do the same stuff, you know, because um, nothing, I don't know the guy personally, I don't know. So it's hard for me to speak on the mental side, obviously, because I respect people and, you know, whatever they're dealing with, because that stuff Likewise. is real. I 100% believe that stuff. Likewise. And I feel like... Um, with him, it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like he's kind of embarrassed a little bit, you know? Um, I feel like he's a prideful guy. Um, you know, he was a number one overall pick, you know, baby Le baby LeBron, left-handed LeBron, clutch deal, you know, like that stuff gets to your head, you know? And then, you know, Philly's fan base, people look at us like we're insane, but we love our players, you know? We want to see them do well. We'll literally ride. Like I was the biggest Ben stand and ridiculous, like embarrassing myself trying to defend this guy and like, you know, help, you know, that's how Philly fans are. So Listen, when you I let down, I'd be going hard. Yeah. If you see me on the, you feel me, you feel me. Yeah. yeah, you feel me. So it's like when you underperform like that, and then you feel like no one has your back, you know, I feel like the city is turning your back. Um, there's two ways to respond, you know, and I feel like I, like I said, I don't, I never met, Ben, I don't know him personally, but I feel like uh, with him, it's one of those things where he's not one of those guys that can respond and be like, okay, like I, I messed up really bad. Let me redeem myself. He's the type of guy that's going to run away. Right. You know, which, like I said, I don't notice for sure. It's just me speaking hypothetically. That's how, how it looks from the it. outside looking in. Right. Right. So I, I feel like he's like, all right, I just need to get away from this. Like I need to get away from basketball, all this stuff, you know? So, and, at some point he has to play basketball, you know, like there, he can't just ruin his career by just saying like, I need mental issues. It's no one on the team wants me like, bro, if people knew like what Philly has done to like, you know, make everything good for him, like he should not be saying that out loud. Like, yeah, people were a little upset. Yeah. There were people within the organization that wanted Harden for obvious reasons. This guy's an MVP. Don't take it personal. You know, like, that sub type of stuff happens, you know. That's just the, the business Warriors of considered it. Harden, and were like I always laugh when Warrior fans like we don't want him. Yeah. And I'm like, who do you think they were trading for Harden? It was going to be Clay Thompson, right? Like, right. so and that's Clay, right? You know? So right. it's yeah. If there, there are people that you might like you and love and be with an organization, you know. But don't look at it like everyone is completely turning your back on you. It's just. People are disappointed. People believe in you. People invest a lot of time and money and energy into supporting his team. And they feel like you quit on them. And I feel like he doesn't want to like take accountability for that. Like I said, I feel like that. I don't know, right. but like, I feel like he doesn't want to take accountability for that and like work on his game. You know, I feel like it's one of those things where they don't build the right team around me. And you look at the team now, that team is hundred percent built around him right now. Like there's no, real athleticism on the Sixers that can, you know, do things for Embiid where Embiid doesn't have to run the offense. Like that, that team is completely built for Ben to have the ball the whole game and get his rebounds, 
run down on fast breaks and throw the ball out to three point line. That's what the offense is built like, you know, like look who's like is, I mean, I love Seth, but he's not, you know, he does the best what he can do. You know, like he does the best what he can do. Tyrese Maxey, like they do the best what they can do. Danny Green, they do the best what they can do. Isn't Georgie's I mean, part name. Of the reason Embiid isn't always or isn't maybe in the paint as much as he should is because of Ben. Like it didn't. Yeah. I mean, one hundred percent. Um, and that's that's another thing too. Like everyone is literally like bending over backwards, playing different ways, learning to play a different way to accommodate you. You know. And obvious reason, yeah, you're you're you got the max money. That's how it works in NBA. Like, you get the the best, the biggest contracts. You know, get to the best players. The best players do what they want to do, and everyone else is fitting around them. That's how it works. When your best player just doesn't want to shoot for four quarter in the fourth quarter for five straight games, that's different. Now everyone's looking like, okay, you know, there's actually a moment, you know, which I don't mean to bring it back to that series, but there's a moment like in that Hawk series where. I knew what was going to happen. I, I literally looked at my wife and told her, like, yo, watch what he's, he's going to throw to Seth Curry. Literally, it's, you know, it's like eight seconds left on the clock. Ben is looking at him walking down the court, you know, and he immediately hot potato to Seth Curry, like, figure it out, hit the game-winning shot. And I was like, bro, you know, we're only down two, you know? like Right. <laughs> go make something happen. He's afraid he's going to get fouled. It just looks right. so bad, you know? I was right. like, bro, like, it just looks awful. Like, why are you being paid this money, you know? Like, you're paid this money for um for you to take you know the blame you know you're paid because you you know like this is your job at this point you know like your responsibility is on you you're the leader you're a leader you know do you want this team or you want to be in b's team or are you jealous or what's really going on here like i mean like like i, I like i totally understand like the mental aspect i understand it's tough these guys are young i i like i 100 understand it and i understand people are rude mean people are nasty evil i get it but it was like bro um, everything was built around this guy, you know, like everything. He had no complaints. Like if you look at his team, more he built it, it was a phenomenal team he built around him, you know, like Ben didn't want to be off the ball. He didn't put anyone that can handle the ball. Yeah. Know? I see. Um, the, the, the people who, and I don't even always know that they are like proponents or supporters of Ben. They're definitely still those. But to the extent that people defend him, it's often the Sixers threw him under the bus. And I, that really doesn't move me, you know, because I'm like- I'm not trying to either, nope. Meaning, I'm like, listen, I, I'm really not trying to hear the both sides argument here. And I am not even no. a pro-management person. Like if I'm gonna, if I'm going to assign Philly any blame, it's maybe going to be like- a Coddling 20%. him. Yeah. Like, yeah, and, right, and what you said for coddling yeah. him, because I said, what I saw was an organization go out of their way to accommodate him. You know, what yeah. I saw was From a day big one. man, you know, shooting and playing out at the perimeter. <laughs> Learning to, he, he learned to play like a wing. And no one talks about this. Like, Embiid had to play like Kevin Durant. Like, he literally has to be Kevin Durant when Embiid's on the court, which is okay, because it's made Embiid an incredible player. Like, that was your right. original question, sorry, but... Like that, that was what he became, you know, is, and he became like, which he made a better player, but um, where you see he still has those tendencies where, like I said, he's having to break it where he's relying on that mid post, you know, taking three or four threes a game type thing where it's like, this guy is an animal down low. Like no one can guard this man. Like his footwork is incredible. You know, right. like he's obviously very powerful, but has at the same time has a really good touch, you know, around the rim, like guys that powerful don't have that touch, you know? 
Right. So it's like he can go get 30 a game. People are like, oh, Embiid shoots a lot of free throws. Like, bro, this guy's like seven foot two, 280. You know, like no one can guard him. Of course they're going to foul him. Like, what do you like? Do you think no one's just not touching this man? Like, what do you, why are you surprised he's shooting eight, 12 free throws a game? Like, you think people are just not touching him and he's flopping? No, people are hitting this man, you know? Like, he's yeah, a they big are. guy playing. They're hitting this man. I never love games where people are shooting a lot of free throws, but I mean, he's a big man. Giannis, mm-hmm. like those kinds of guys, they're going to shoot a lot of free throws. That's always that's been, yeah, mm-hmm. that's always been the way it's been. Um, I don't feel like, I mean, look, all these guys do it, but I still don't think like Embiid is like as extreme as like Harden was. Or oh, no, like no. That. So, or Trey Young. <laughs> Trey Young. <laughs> and even Trey has seemed to like adjust, you know, like. Yep um to this year but yeah I mean like just to bring it back to Ben I just I I didn't see I just don't see how people are still defending Ben at this point I really don't and like just the like I was like okay if you're gonna really harp on what Doc said and what Embiid said (laughs) like you're ignoring all the other good things they said to support him why does all of that so like they all that goodwill they built up with him just gets thrown away because in a in a one moment of honesty he didn't even slander the guy he just said i yeah. don't know he said i don't I know i really don't know <laughs> yeah like in the rawest I, moment after they just lost the series and yeah by the way i'm someone who actually still doesn't even put all the blame on ben i put it was not of the blame, no way but i'm yeah. like like MB didn't close. He didn't. He missed some free throws. He he was turning the ball over like a, yeah. Um, Tobias was not great, right? Your three best guys. So there's a there's a pecking order to me of the blame, but I actually still think the Sixers should have won that series. And so well, that should have been a that should have been a five game tops like that. That was there's no way the Hawks should have won that. Like I love the Hawks fans. You know, I, I love a lot of good. I know a lot of good people over there. I'm a huge Trey Trey Young fan. I love his dad. His dad's a really cool guy. Uh, but they know deep down, like the Sixers are way more talented. That's why they act the way they act. You know, where they're like, we're, Hawks are going to win this champion. They, that was all over. That was literally overcompensating. They knew that should have been a five game series because literally every game, Sixers had it in hand, but then Doc Rivers, who I blame a lot on too, yeah. would do some crazy rotation. He'll just yeah. put the whole bench. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? You know, the whole bench is out there, and then you look up, and then the Sixers are up 15. Now they're down four. Right. Like, what? You know, and then and B comes in trying to do too much, and then you got and Ben just not even looking at the rim. Like, yeah, we're down in the fourth quarter elimination game, but I'm not even going to look at the rim. And so right. Ben is and B is like doing the best he can do. You know, and it's not um, a single thing. It's not a single it's thing. Not. But I think you can assign blame in places. But I just the idea that like they threw him under the bus, and so no. therefore this like nah. justifies or or like I should understand this temper tantrum he is throwing. Um, it it doesn't no move me, and um, I'm actually very supportive of like what Maury's been doing and how he's been handling. Um, yeah. So that, that's where I come down on it. Um, I am curious though, because I was in an extended debate today with actually um, one of the guests I brought on when we played the Sixers last time, um, John, and um, he 
has he this belief that and let me not say belief because it's it's not that like Embiid isn't a great player but I because it's not just him I've noticed this from certain Sixers fans they get very defensive (laughs) about Jokic um and you know he only won the MVP because Embiid was out hurt and it's not true (laughs) I don't think that's true either it's not true man and also that like you know I because basically I was saying I don't, I don't know what it was I responded to, but I said, come on. I said, you know, Embiid is like a top five player. He's, oh, mm-hmm. I know someone called um, Joel the best center in the league. And I was like, no, Jokic is the best center in the league. I was just like, he's a top five player. Like, and then mm-hmm. it just became a whole discussion and like a laughing debate. And um, when did he become top five? And I'm like, well, Kawhi's out. I don't think it's like, at worst, he's sixth, you know? Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think he's in the discussion, absolutely. And um, I think he's better than, and, than, than Embiid. These are like obviously personal opinions. And like, look, if I think Jokic, even if you say he's sixth best, right? Like if you put Giannis, Steph, KD, if you still put Braun, um, I think that was four guys I named. But if you, if you put the usual five ahead of, of Joker, right? Then like, you know, Embiid is somewhere what I would put him like, you know, seven through probably seven through nine, like people Mm -hmm. like 80 and, and, and Harden who may have been ahead of him before. I'm not sure. I don't think that I would still put them ahead of him. (laughs) 80 was not for me, but Harden is the one I would have still always had above Embiid. And I, Mm -hmm. I'm going to give him the rest of this year to like, let it play out. But right now it's not looking good. So, like, I yeah. mean, you're talking about maybe the difference between spot six and spot seven, if you're just talking about numbers, and this is Natalie's list. But if it, I look at it as, like, a tier thing, right? Like, who's a tier one guy? Who's a tier two guy? And I think I would put Jan, I mean, Joker now in tier one. Or he's, like, if there's tier one, like, Joker's, like, tier one A to me. You know, he's, like, right there. That's how I view him personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would still put, I would just still think I would put Embiid in like tier two. I put him in the next category. And, um, I'm curious to get your thoughts as a Sixers fan on like the Joker versus, um, Embiid debate. Um, the Joker versus Embiid, um, obviously I feel like Embiid's a better player. Um, but as far as rankings, I, there's no argument you can really have for if someone says Jokic is better, you know, because, you look at what Jokic is doing, like that guy is unstoppable. You know, once he stopped being like the flopping guy he was a few years ago, like no one can guard that man, you know, like from all three levels, like no one can guard him. He runs the offense, you know, he's the, the, the defense liability stuff is way overhyped. Like he's not a bad defender to me, you know, I mean, just from what I'm watching, I'm obviously, I'm not like some super guy that sits there and, you know, right. whatever, you know, knows all the coverages and what the coach is telling him to do and how he's, I don't know all that, but from what I'm looking at, he doesn't, he's not that big of a liability to me. So obviously I can, I think people don't realize like how well, uh, you know, Joel played on offense last year, you know, which he, that's, that, that was historical stuff, you know, how he it played was. offensive, you know, and it, his number wise, like, I, I don't, I, you know, I kept, I kept track for a while and it looked like Jokic was, a um, little bit beneath them offensively as far as like scoring wise obviously Jokic has like the playmaking thing that kind of contributes to the global offense type thing which is something right. that beats improved on but he's not running offense yet right so 
people would say, oh, well, Embiid's so far superior. That's what I give Joker the defense player. Right. Right. So he was like far superior defensive player, Joel. But as far as like, you know, playmaking, Joel was taking some, you know, steps forward. And as far as defensively, I feel like Jokic is taking a leap. You know, I'm not saying he's defensive player of the year, but I feel like he's way better than what he used to be. So if someone says Jokic is better, like, that's fine with me. Like, I have so much respect for both of them as centers, big men and, you know, this league now. And people don't realize, like, how important they are and how talented they are. So if someone says Jokic is better, that's fine, you know, because he does do things better. It's just, I feel like Joel's more talented, but Jokic has played better the last two years, in my opinion. So I don't feel he got MVP because Joel was injured. Like, no. um, I know. I really hate that because it's like. um, It's not fair. It's not because Joker was always, he was having a good season the whole year. Incredible year. The Nuggets were struggling in the beginning, but they had some COVID issues and some things to deal with. And so once they kind of got on track, then, you know, they were, they were playing well, they moved up, they got to where they needed to be. And so I guess my point is that I think regardless, he would have become a part of the conversation. So like, even if, and be like, everyone's basing it on the beginning of the season. And I think in the beginning of the that's season, right. And right. Was yes. An early candidate. And you weren't hearing Joker's name as much. Jokic was kind of, he struggled a little bit in the first few weeks, you know? Right. But as they turned it on, I think that you ultimately would have heard his name in the conversation and maybe right. it could, it would have been closer. That's fair. But to say the only reason he won it is just because it's not true. I think that's unfair. And that matters to me too, is, you know, it was a, you know, no disrespect to the Bucks, you know, at all. But I do feel like, you know, last year, the story of that season was attrition, you know, like teams weren't healthy. You know what I mean? Like not, <laughs> not taking, not taking anything from the Bucks or anyone, the Suns, anyone that made it all the way, but everyone was hurt, you know? So for the guys that managed to stay healthy and persevere through injuries, I think they deserve credit. You know, I don't feel like that's, you know, um, a big deal if you want to say, hey, well, these guys stayed healthy. They the coaches managed the rotations, the players took care of their body, they had luck, they won, you know, like that's it. So Jokic play like just about every game. I think he might have missed one, maybe right. like that. Like he played like every game. I don't it might have, you know, took a break one game, but I think that means something. And he performed, he carried that team, you know. Yeah, that I mean is their office. Yeah. One of the arguments for why people like a player like Ben, right? Mm-hmm and consider him uber talented is because of his playmaking, right? I mean, obviously it's his defense too, but I'm someone who values playmaking and the ability to make others very highly because I think that's always going to be more impactful. I think it's going to raise your team ceiling. It's going to do more for you than if you're just individually a great scorer or even Mm -hmm. if you're like an elite defensive player. So the player that is better at that, especially if they're like elite at it, which Joker is, then that that's usually how I evaluate people or players. Mm-hmm. Like that's my preference. So you're always going to see me usually it's just consistent with the way that like I, you know, look at players, but I don't think that there's anything wrong for thinking other players are better and having your reasons. I just don't, you know, like some, I understand some Sixers fans have a bias, but I think there's some other stuff going on with Joker and why people have a bias towards him. That's not yeah. just about, you know, and so I don't like that because it's just like, how long are we going to keep with the same arguments about his defense? It's and... not that uh, they're not watching the games, man. No, I hate to be that guy slow. that's like, I test, like... but that's they're not they're not paying attention. You know, like if you look on paper and watch the game there, you can see that the defense is not as nearly as bad as, you know, people 
sell it to me. You know, right. they make it seem like he's just like, you know, uh, Enos Cannon or something like yeah, he's not, not at that, all. He's not a bad defender. He's not a liability. He holds his own for the that's most the part. Biggest, you know? That's the important word. You know? He's not a liability. You know, yeah. like someone sent me like a clip with like a guard, like getting by him. I'm just like, okay. And like guards are going to yeah. get by a big man. Like he shouldn't be out on the perimeter anyway. Like, yeah. I mean, he's on a, he's a guard and a switch. And, and then sometimes people like find these clips in garbage time where the game is over and they're like, Oh, look, he cooked them. It's like, bro, it's like the nuggets are up 18, you know, and it's three minutes right. left. <laughs> like, what are you doing? There was another here? clip like, <laughs> I saw. It was like versus the bulls. And I mean, it was still four yeah. minutes to go in the fourth, but the Bulls were up 15 and kind of had the game in hand. So, like, right, yeah, right. I'm sure he's trying his best in that moment to defend. Um, listen, I, you know, I was just curious because, um, you know, it, it was an interesting discussion to me. Um, so they're going to play the Warriors, the Sixers. Mm-hmm. And so well, what do you... What do you expect for that with us coming into uh, into town? I mean, and man. what are you, what are your thoughts on the Warriors season so far? I'd like to get that because you're just so like man, sometimes I don't worse. ask people that, but like you're yeah. very objective. So I'm curious to know what you're thinking. It's fu- it's fun watching them because I know how people feel, like even amongst Warriors, so that Steve Curry isn't a genius, but the stuff he draws up and the way he has like I, I love Dre Mama Hughes, you know, from Pro Dream. Who does not think Kerr's a genius? You might know that though. Okay, go that's ahead. what I'm saying. <laughs> like, like, man, like, uh, like, uh, it's, it's hard to explain, but from what he what he did for that defense, it's incredible. Like, obviously, you guys, you know, put some, you know, you got the continuity thing going where you got guys that played a few years together and they're, you know, whatever. And um, Draymond is just a genius too, as well, you know, and then. You know, then you got Steph, who isn't bad at all. People, that's another thing, too, is, like, he holds his own as well. So everyone just kind of comes together. You know, you got Wiggins, who's, I, I know I'm very critical of him. I don't, not a huge Wiggins fan, but this year he's been decent, you know, really good, you know. They just, they just defend the right way. You know, they all, they're on a string when you watch them play. Like, you're watching how everyone's, if they're switching, you're watching how they're communicating. You're not letting anyone slip screens. They're, you know, they're, they're talking, you know, and pick and roll or who's dropping and who's, you know, whatever, then tagging the roll. Like they're doing rotating properly. It's like they're on a string, you know? So they have a chance for everybody. Like it's incredible watching. It's like, bro, like they're suffocating. They don't even have to play super big and they're competing. You know, they're and like, it's really fun to watch. Like I know people look at Steph and like, he's just throwing these, you know, soul killing threes. And I, I get it, you know, and, but the defense is what's impressed me a lot is like the way they defend. Like they look totally different in last year, you know? Right. So it, that's interesting what you said. Um, I'm curious because, you know, there were a lot of Ben for Dre trades that have been proposed. There are a lot of people who want to see Ben with Dre, but Ben in the dunker spot and, and, and all these different ideas that have been proposed. Um, one of the things I used to always say, let's go with the Ben for Dre rather than them playing together. Right. Like I used to actually think that like it would, of course the defense would still be good, but I actually mm-hmm. thought it would not be as good. And that's because the way that I look at Draymond as a defender, like I look at him as like a quarterback, like he quarterbacks. 100%, defense, yeah. And he's out there like 
yelling out what people need to know and actually looney does it a little bit too he's kind of underrated like he doesn't necessarily oh yeah i like looney a lot yeah I mean, he, his, I'm, very I'm, I'm one of the first people always cursing and screaming with his like ten thousand double pumps under the rim and 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 how many like all he has to do to gather so i'm not gonna yeah. sit up here and act like i'm like looney stan but what i mean is on the looney for looney on the defensive end of the court he's one of the players who's out there like being right, right. loud and calling out things and so is like I look at Ben as like a great individual defender, you know, like um can he do what Draymond does like in that way? Does he do that? I don't think so at all. Um um so this might sound crazy, but um I I don't so if you look at like Miami Heat LeBron, right? Where he start figuring out I guess he understood like what everybody's going to do, you know. Like Draymond is that on steroids because he doesn't have athleticism, you know, where he's literally just playing back and telling everyone what to do. Ben is not cerebral like that on the court yet. You know, I don't feel like, you know, Joel Embiid is still calling the coverages out, you know, calling the screens and whatever. Joel is still that guy for the Sixers. I think Ben is more a perimeter guy. Draymond is actually in the back. So I don't see... I love Draymond as a defender. He's like the team aspect he gets at. What I'm trying to say is like, he's not, Draymond's not the guy that's going to sit on a perimeter player and guard him all night. Right. And I don't want him to be that. Like, no. he, Ben is that guy. Draymond isn't that guy. So you insert him into the Warriors and it might sound good. Like, yeah, he's a six, nine, six, 11 guy athletic and guards really well. But I mean, he's going to have to play quarterback back there. Does he understand enough to do that? He could, you know, maybe, but on Draymond's level, I don't know, you know, because with that, but Draymond has a gift, you know, everyone can't, people don't realize like how small, small NBA court is. And like, these guys are huge, you know, things are moving fast, you know, you know what I mean? Um, so if, you know, you got a guy like Ben out there trying to process all that stuff and try to guard the wing player, he neutralizing his best attribute is like guarding the wing guy, you know? So you want him sitting back there trying to do that when he could be on the wing. You don't want that. You want him on the point of attack, forcing the guy that has the ball to pick it up, pass it, or shoot it, you know? You don't want him back there. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. You're good. That was all I was going to say. You don't want him back there. He's more effective on a perimeter. Draymond is more effective, you know, back there playing free safety, you know? Right. How have you viewed Andrew's point of attack defense this year? He's not as lazy. I'll say that. And that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's part of why he's like, he's not nearly as lazy. So it's like, because <laughs> he's always had athleticism. Now like, I am a Wiggins fan. So there's going to be some limits to how I'm going to let you talk about my guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want any trouble. So it's like, that's what I'm saying. Like the way, Draymond and you know Steve got on to buy in and actually play you know like he's actually like trying you know it it looks he looks good to me like he, I mean I don't know how it's gonna last but he looks good right now and the Warriors are rolling you know it's gonna like he last. doesn't look bad I, I think much, gonna you last. see how much Andrew is smiling you ever see Andrew smile that much in Minnesota <laughs> it, not at all and, um, and that's nothing too because I was like okay we're gonna see what the Warriors are about on that East Coast trip you know when they played Brooklyn recently I was like okay let's see if the Warriors are legit and they actually won they destroyed Brooklyn all, all, yeah and they, I they was at Brooklyn that game and, yeah Woo! it was great yep. that was great <laughs> no it was it was amazing. We took over Barclays. Yeah. We took over the streets of Brooklyn. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> 
like they're legit. And that's when I was like, the words are legit. You know, you can go way East Coast, different time zone and play that way for like the entire road trip. I was like, okay, they're for real, you know. And I seen, you know, Wiggins, for, you know, locked in. I'm like, they're for real. Like they're not a right. I'm not even gonna lie. I thought they're a regular season team at first. And I'm because like the first, they started the year, they didn't leave California for a minute. They were in California just rolling through teams. You know, I think they didn't lose a game. They, then they might have lost one or something, but they rolled through everybody. And I was like, they haven't even left California yet. Like, let's see what they do when they go on a road trip. They went over there and did their thing. You were one of and those I was like, doubters, I see. Okay. I was. I was. And I was like, man, they're for real, you know, because I'm looking at it like, I mean, I, I don't think the West is as weak as I thought they would be this year, for one. Um, two, I was like, okay, um, I don't like Wiggins I don't I don't know if Draymond I feel like Draymond retired from basketball when Katie left so I'm like what are they going to be this year you know he came in out of shape he was like oh, we're gonna we're gonna limit restrict them and all this other stuff I'm like bro how is this guy like out of I'm so I'm thinking like they're gonna be bad you know so when they play the way they play I'm like okay it's just luck so it's more of a mental thing for me like oh they're, they're just I'm finding reasons not to like I'm trying to hate you know but then right. after that East Coast trip I'm like okay they're for real you know so I'm like well like I said like Draymond out of shape, you know, you know, I'm like, Steph, uh, I mean, whatever. He can't carry it all by himself. Like Jordan Poole, like whatever, you know, like <laughs> whatever, you know, like it's like oh, who are these God. guys, you know. I appreciate your honesty, like, a, though. I appreciate yeah, your like, honesty because you're saying like, look, I was just trying to look for reasons and, you know, people want to like, it's a thing like people want to justify bad takes or like, you know, why mm-hmm. they're wrong instead of just saying like, look, I was wrong. And I thought these things, you know, it's very easy, I guess, to call a lot of us homers, right. Or things, <laughs> I mean, you can't call me a homer cause I'm actually not from the Bay area, but I, I think it's very easy for people to chalk it up right, to right. say like they're warriors fans, they're biased. That's all they see. But, you know, when you and I were actually talking before we started recording, I said to you, like, I love talking to fans because, like, I get that we can get, like, really into our fandom. Um, But fans know the teams in and out. They they know and understand a lot of dynamics that not, let's say, like, the local media or people who are covering the team are different. But, like, sometimes national media says things about teams and you're like, what? Like, do you even watch our games, right? And so a lot of the things people were saying, thinking it was, like, Draymond's demise, including certain Warriors fans, um, I felt like that was just wishful thinking, you know? It's just, like, a lot of people were just like, I mean, look, you know, the last time we saw him look good was in 2019. Well, yeah, because that's the last fucking time they went to the playoffs. And then the next <laughs> year, Clay and Steph were injured. And then the following year, Clay was yeah. re-injured. So, like, I don't understand. Like, they missed because of injuries. Why do we think they mm-hmm. just stopped knowing how to play basketball, you know? And so, and even if you, right, look, at, even right. if you look at the 2019 series, like if people want to say like Dre didn't look good in that series versus Pascal, because that's what I hear people say a lot with the Raptors. Um, he was looked good in every other series leading up to that, right? So that could have just yeah, been yeah. a matchup. But playoff Draymond. <laughs> yeah, so I I never understood like yeah. the Dre stuff. His offense definitely declined. That's that wasn't a um that was real. But I I think what I always thought about his offense was that because they got KD. And he wasn't needed as much on, on offense. Like he just didn't focus on his shooting anymore. He didn't, you know, 
and whether he could get back to there, he's still not completely back to there, but what he is doing is being more aggressive. And when Dre is aggressive, <clears throat> that's good for us. And so right. I just thought like this idea of his demise, like, yeah, he's getting older. So you have to manage him, you know, responsibly. But I just thought that was so like ridiculous and overblown. So there was that. Yeah. Any narrative about Steph to me is foolishness. So I'm, I won't even <laughs> tackle those. Cause I'm just like, y'all just wish for this man not to be great. Um, yeah. You know, Jordan Poole was a surprise for most of us as Warriors fans, you know, um, certainly based on last year, what Jordan is doing this year doesn't surprise me, but we did not like not all of us. There were definitely some fans who saw it, some who didn't, um, but people who were still kind of being dismissive after last year, you know, the Warriors to close the season last year, I think they won like 15 out of 20 games or something like that. And I recently mm -hmm. learned on recently learned that Ben Taylor had pointed out that during that time when Wiseman got hurt and they were playing with like that very, very limited roster, they were winning at a 60 win pace. So right. to me, they just continued what they were doing at the end of last season. So like, that's how I viewed them. That's a the good point. Summer. I was just point, like, yeah. the, there were a lot of things going on with the Warriors, and I don't expect everyone to know that, but the team was soft tanking. Um, mm -hmm. there, there were a lot of things happening that, like, in the game Steph actually played, they actually, before, you, before he got hurt and his tailbone, they were winning at the percentage, like, of like a 48 49 win team in a regular season right mm -hmm. so their win percentage was still like a fourth or a fifth seed so i'm just like why are y'all acting like i understand that they did not make the playoffs but like we need to actually look at the reality of what happened and so they the the, the ownership really wanted to hold on to those picks and so they were trying to toe the line and lose enough games and so that's why they didn't fill roster spots. That's why they kept certain players out. That's why they did certain things. All the meanwhile, Steph still had them in the eighth spot. And so mm -hmm. to me, I thought the rest of the league should be scared. But instead, people clowned us. They said we would be yeah. in another play-in spot. And I, I, I was offended by it. And like, they, they felt That's fair. They felt That's disrespected. Because yeah. I'm like, these are three proven guys. And the way that I felt was, if this was LeBron... If it was Kevin Durant, <laughs> in fact, Kevin Durant lost in the second round. And all I heard was excuses made for why he lost and toe on the line and, and injuries. But like when it's Steph, he never gets the benefit of the doubt. Luca gets ranked higher than him coming into this. That's season. nuts. Yeah, it's nuts. And so that's what yeah. I didn't understand. I said, there's no way when Bron didn't make the playoffs that first year in LA, no one was talking about like, you know, the next, they were like, oh, Warrior, Lakers are going to be the top team. You know, um, no one talked about like, like we knew he, it was, he had injuries and this happened and that happened, but all right, he got Anthony Davis. That's it. They're going to be the top. Steph, meanwhile, is getting Clay Thompson back. They closed the season on a high. He was a top three MVP candidate, scoring leader. And all I was told was like, oh, that's, that's six seed at best. You know, I'm just like, where is the, where, where is the yeah. respect? So that, that's yeah. how many of us felt as Warriors fans. Um, you know, so I, I love the way the season is playing out. Obviously, I think there are other contending teams, but we're one of them. We're one of those top teams. And so I'm happy mm -hmm. about that. I'm happy to prove the doubters wrong. Um, so what are, you, what are you expecting with this 
team that still has the best record. We we were tied with um the Suns for the best record in the NBA. Mm-hmm. What do you expect for us coming into Philly and like how that matchup's gonna look? Um, I honestly I love the Sixers, but I don't see the Sixers winning it honestly. But um, what I'm you know looking for is you know what I feel like. Obviously, I don't see the scoreboard reflecting a win. What I'm looking for in general is hopefully we have like you know Maxi back and Embiid. You know because the thing with Maxi is is him and Embiid haven't they haven't had a great game together. You know okay. so it's kind of like I don't want to say that Maxi becomes a little less aggressive when Embiid's out there. You know or whatever it might be, and he just you know goes full you know pedal to the metal whenever Embiid's off the floor and then when he gets on he you know kind of gets a little hesitant reticent about a little bit and so whenever Embiid's playing well Maxi's not looking well okay so I'm I'm looking for you know to see them both have a good game you know as far as obviously Maxi's not going to turn the ball over like that's just something he doesn't do which is incredible for right. you know guy his age um but they played pretty well in that last matchup they, without Embiid yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's and you know Seth, Seth likes to, you know, he Play likes to well. step up when he's playing his brother. Absolutely. And then that's nothing to the Seth. I just want to, you know, have him a good bounce back game because he had he didn't have a great game versus the Hornets, you know, oh, was it last night? Yeah, last night. So I'm looking for that matchup. He always shows out. Um, and then on flip side with the Warriors, um, I'm I'm just enjoying. I just want to see Steph shoot 16 threes. You know, like that's what I want to see. You know, <laughs> well, so I was like, <laughs> I, you know, well, I, I be, think that'd be cool to watch. He's gonna cool be to aiming watch. for the 16 threes in the Portland yeah. game, which is before you guys. You know, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. He, but um, he wants to break the clay record, which is the 14 threes. And then Ray like, Allen too, right? Ray Allen. So Ray Allen is the all-time record, but then there's the most threes in a game, which Steph had, and then Clay broke and got 14. So Steph would need 15. He needs 15 to, to top Clay for most threes in a game. And he needs um 16 to pass Ray Allen. So he will tie Ray Allen with 15. He passes him with 16. Okay. And we have the Portland game before. Philly. Philly. So last oh, night, okay. last that night he sense. did last sense. night, last night we played the magic and he went for seven, but he was gunning. Like he yeah. had times he could have just drove to the rim and he just kept backing out to shoot threes. Um he, I mean he's right now, I think, averaging five, six threes a game, but like you know, he has any given night where he can just like go off. So he's already there, you know, they're already talking about the fact that like he's, you know, they're alluding to it without alluding to it, like. He's going to be gunning for it against Portland. I think he's under 16 versus Portland. Yeah, Dame won't be there. And I don't even know if CJ is playing. So No, he had a collapse long or something crazy or something insane. But do you think Phillips is one of those coaches? Because you know those coaches sometimes when they know there's a record to be broken will just be petty and try to, like, take the ball out of his hand the whole night. So, like, box and one. I mean, like, fuck it, you're not scoring that record on As a competitor, I think he is. And I'm not mad at it, you know. Make him earn it. You know, so every um, coach is going to be probably trying to do this now for the next few games, yeah, like not let him yeah, get that yeah. record. Yep, yep. I didn't realize you guys play Portland line, but that makes sense now. Okay. But I still think 16 threes is a tall task. It is, it is. And um, I mean, he's definitely capable of it because Portland is not good. You know, they're not a good basketball team. Like, 
you know, I have a lot of respect for their fans and their loyalty and no disrespect to anyone that's a huge fan, but they're not a good basketball team. Um, so you just think the Warriors are going to win because we're the better team? Or, like, do you think, like, what what's the chance you give the Sixers? Because, I, you know, um, I... I think it's, um, I would say 60-40. Okay. 60-40. Uh, the Sixers definitely have the talent and they're capable of doing it. It's just, um, it's just so much, like, what's the word? Um, there's so much volatility with the Sixers, you know? They look great or, you know, bad you know so and then you'll they'll look great and then they'll look bad but then the bad game will be like Seth goes for 28 points you know 30 points right and then they look good and it's like okay Embiid had a good game you know uh Tobias had his little 22 points you know and Danny Green hit some crazy threes where he looks like the guy that can make the point and then you'll have like I said the games where everyone else is like below 40 percent and then Seth will have 28 and Danny Green has he gotten any because he's been pretty rough this season has it improved um I I feel like he's you know um sometimes I'm like (laughs) who who, who's gave this man the green light but I look around there's no ball handlers so I'm not too mad at him you know um he's still you know an incredible three-point shooter as far as like from the corner that's where he earned his money from and he's pretty consistent there um he's really good defender like our matisse that's another lineup to look i was gonna say matisse like because i had danny green like matisse can do something on stuff and you know how do you feel about that (laughs) no but he can't guard stuff but matisse danny green joel and beater like our best defensive lineup i've seen but the thing with that is is like matisse is a zero in offense now you know which is it's like the uh, what the the roberson thing with the okc roberson thing you know back in the day but That's I a feel great like comparison, actually, it's it's that thing again, you know, and it's kind of cool with him having, you know, Danny Green is like a mentor because Danny Green kind of learned to shoot a little bit better as career going. And I hope Matisse gets some of that. But as far as like Danny Green, he looks really good with that, you know, with Matisse is on the floor and Embiid as far as defensively. I don't think he has that on ball ability as I would want him to, but he's OK. So in a year with all this drama surrounding the Sixers, what is the bright spot yeah. for you so far um, to this point? Stress-free basketball, you know, like I, it sounds crazy. Uh, I love Ben, but it's at a point now where I really don't care who gets him for what anymore. It's like, I just want him to find whatever he's looking for, you know, and the bright spot is like not being stressed about like what Ben Simmons is going to be on the court that day. You know, it's okay. like, you know, I'd rather deal with, you know, when beat, excuse me, you know, going 0 for 7 in the fourth quarter, but trying, you know, emptying the clip out, trying to win, then, you know, watching the game and seeing a guy that obviously doesn't want to be there or just scared, you know, so it's like, I I feel like it's stress-free. I'm not defending my team every day, you know, I'm not on Twitter like, oh, the Sixers are going to, like, I don't care. I just enjoy, you know, I just enjoy who it is. I don't feel like we're a contender, so it's like stress-free basketball. The bright spot is Tyrese Maxey for sure. You know, if there was a trade that you can do, a realistic one, what what uh-huh. would it be? Like, who is it that you would want that you think could? Because I mean, I think part of the issue is right. Like for Maury, or at least I'm thinking he views the championship window as now, right? Like I mean, mm-hmm. Embiid is there, and so he doesn't want to like make the team worse. And like mm-hmm. in these trades, you rarely just get back like equal value, but. Who do you think could you guys could get back in a trade that can actually happen that would keep you guys like in the conversation? 
It all depends on when you want to see the trade, you know, because if you see something with what's the, what's the date like the seventh right now. Yeah. If you see something like, you know, next week and a half or so, it'll be like a, a crazy trade where it's like multiple teams in a framework, you know, and obviously there'll be some guy from the Pacers thrown in there. We'll end up with like a carousel bird or something oh, weird, you know, and some picks. You know what well, I mean? You like, saw the you know, news earlier today about them, right? That they're trying to rebuild. Okay. Which isn't so a is there surprise, anyone from you know? the Pacers you want? No. Okay. <laughs> but okay. Um, okay. obviously Brogdon was there. I'm not a huge Brogdon guy, but if that's someone that we pick from there, I would take him over Karras or Sabonis or obviously Miles Turner. It's like, I'm not a Sabonis guy. I do not think he's a good basketball player. Like, I don't. Okay. I feel like he's not good to me. Um, Miles Turner, um, he looks on paper like, okay, it's a stretch five. You know, it just sounds cool. That blocks a lot of shots, you know, and it can, you know, make two or three threes a game, you know, or shoots two three threes a game. Um, but as far as like, if you look somewhere like, December 15th around that time, like it'll be a team like that. We'll pick on some guys like that, you know, but as far as like off season, it's going to sound really crazy, but that's where it gets really interesting, you know, because there's guys like, this might sound crazy again, but like Harden, you know, like let's say things don't go well in Brooklyn. He's not happy. They don't give him the max. And he's like, I want out sign and trade Ben Simmons, right? Would there. you still want Harden though? Like if he if his production and his play stays the way it is like that it's been, mm-hmm. still an elite playmaker, still you know, mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. scoring has definitely gone down and not as efficient. Do you still want that? I do. Um, uh, I'm a Harden guy, obviously. Um, obviously, Are like you? I feel like I am. Obviously, uh, unfortunately, I'm not obvious. Now. No, tell me, please explain this to um, me. So I like. <laughs> I think he's a good, I like Harden, you know, he's very skilled, okay. you know, obviously I get the flopping stuff, you know, um, and I think he's, uh, how can I put it? I think he's a very talented, you know, player. Obviously this year, it looks like he's like, okay, I got Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving on my team. I'm going to set back. Now Kyrie Irving's not here. So he's like, man, I adjusted my game. I'm playing weird. I'm not looking good because I thought he's going to be here. So he looks off, you know, and he's not, being the player he needs to be. But so why, would, why would Kyrie being gone make that happen? Wouldn't he just like flip the switch and say, okay, I go back to old Harden? I think Harden came in his season thinking he's going to average 14 assists, you know, type guy and get his triple doubles and maybe crack 20 a few times a game. Like, I think that's the guy he thought he was going to be. Um, but when Kyrie's gone, he's being that guy somewhat when they need a guy that's going to go get 28, you know, 30 consistently, you know, with Kevin, you know, because – but the he's role done players. that before, so why can't he just go back to doing it? It's not new not, for him. Look at him. Like, he's out of shape, you know, for what? Um, it, I don't know what it is. Like, it's kind of like the Ben Simmons three thing, but, like, Harden just doesn't – he just looks at all that space in the mid-range and just, like, I'm not going to shoot it. He's probably <laughs> shot – like, <laughs> I don't understand it. Like, I'm looking at it, and he does the most awkward stuff where he's, like, he'll see – like, he'll have the he'll, – he'll be have the – step on the guy to like you know pull up you know get get him in jail and you know pull up he doesn't do it he'll do some awkward thing where he'll like flop and i'm like bro what are you doing and then the ref doesn't even call it sometimes he looks just looks stupid turns the ball over and then he's not even trying to get back on defense but it's like bro what is going on here you know so it's like just shoot the mid-range man so he looks crazy right now i mean obviously his numbers aren't as bad as you know we think it is 
you know, but it looks okay on paper, but when you watch it, it's like, bro, he's worse than Russell, Russell Westbrook right now. Russell Westbrook is actually out playing this man, you know? And I think the so biggest thing like, is his scoring though. Like I, like, I just feel score. like, you he know, he's, he's still assisting, he's rebounding, but if he is not being close scoring. to a 30 point score for Brooklyn, they it's have not no gonna chance. Work. Not if Kyrie doesn't come back. They have no chance. No chance. Because he looked at it like, I'm going to be the one. Kyrie's going to be two. Kevin's going to be, you know, all kind of positions, you know, like just carrying a team. And Kyrie's not there. So I, it looks crazy because it's like, bro, like, what were you doing all offseason? You know, I get you were injured or you're, you know, nursing. But, like, Kevin Durant had the same injury he had with the hamstring thing, you know, or whatever. You know, like, everyone has an injury. He's not saying injuries is a joke, but it's like, we don't want to hear that excuse. You know, it's like, bro, like these guys are your, your pros, you know, and I certainly don't want yeah. to hear it when you told me it was going to be scary hours. Right. You know, we, everyone is like, as a basketball fan, like I'm obviously I'm a Sixers fan. I'm a basketball fan first. So I love watching the best people play and be elite. Even if they're smashing the Sixers, like, I love that. I, I just like good basketball. So when you watch them and you're like, bro, did you even care about this year? Like, what are you doing? We were excited to see what Harden and Kevin Durant will look like on the floor. And you're out here looking like, like, like you didn't care. Like you thought you were just going to just coast to a championship and then get it, play yourself into shape. And in six, the, the, the nets are going to be in the title. Like that isn't how this works. Like these young teams are hungry. And that's the thing about the, the warriors. Like they're hungry, you know, they're defending, like they, they smell blood and they know, they can beat everybody and they play they like been there that. in two years. So they're, they're definitely yeah. hungry, but and you said something interesting. So I, you know, so if, if the, the whole max doesn't work out, the extension doesn't work out mm -hmm. with Harden or new contract, well, is it an extension? Is it a new contract? What is he up for? Contract basically, I guess new you could say extensions, but yeah. Yep. Okay. So if he doesn't end up doing that, cause like maybe, they, they don't get to the finals. They don't win. They don't make mm -hmm. it back. It's a disappointing season. So that starts some grumblings over there. And he may be right. elsewhere because Philly was one of the places, right? Although I kind of feel like the Nets is really where he was always trying to get to. But mm -hmm. um, someone like a Harden could, you know, who before maybe didn't seem like was an option could become an option. And that's like a player right. you want them to go after. Um, Like I said earlier, like, I don't really care who they get, but it'd be great to have Harden. I feel like the way Sixers play. What about play, Kyrie? Would you take Kyrie? If he's available, if he wants to, if, I mean, <laughs> like if he, <laughs> if he gets the vaccine, if they find like the, what they call it, the plant-based vaccine, like. But he doesn't need to have the vaccine in Philly, does he? Um, I think Maury's not going to take him if he's not available, you know, as okay. far as like vaccinated, um, but no jokes, obviously Kyrie's, you know, entitled to, you know, what goes on his body and stuff like that. So no disrespect to Kyrie for sure. Yeah. But, um, that's fine. I, yeah. It's, it's, if you it's, felt it's, the uh, other way, it'd be fine too. I, I, sh yeah, I, share I love your Kyrie. View. I'm the same I'm a way. Huge Kyrie fan. Yeah. I'm a huge Kyrie fan, but that, I mean, it's like, you know, you know, whatever, man. But, um, um, if, if if we had healthy Kyrie, like that'd be insane. But I don't see the Nets pairing Kyrie with Embiid. That that would be just suicide, you know. Like <laughs> they, they would. I mean, I I know that would strike fear in everyone. You know, putting Kyrie on the same floor as Joel Embiid, that'd be insane. Like Joel Embiid has never had a guy that can run the pick and roll at point guard. 
he hasn't learned to put like a wing because he's never even learned. He doesn't even have to roll to the rim. He's never learned to even roll to I'm the rim. I'm just curious why that isn't a trade that's even been tried. I mean. With the Kyrie and Ben? Yeah. Um, I think it's just because Kyrie, I mean, Kyrie wasn't available, you know, like, and then who knows what Kyrie wants to do. He gets traded. He decides he wants to retire. Like what can people do? Everyone's talking about the fans' retirement. I'm like, why are we retiring Kyrie? He has never told us he wants to retire. You Um, never know. It's just that unpredictability, you know, and um, it's. I hear you. No, and if you got a guy locked in for four years, I think they have, but Ben got like four or five years, four years, something like that. You can't just trade him away for a guy that might retire because he doesn't get his way. Like, Anyone you know, else besides um, Harden who you think could be a potential uh, target? I think this is going to sound crazy. I think the shy uh, SGA, Shea Gilgis, oh, I love um, him. He's, a, he's a guy. Um, I think, you know, it's possible, but I don't see. Um, I don't know. I don't know if OKC will want a Ben Simmons. You know, I don't know why they will do that because Ben Simmons is the guy. Kind of like no disrespect to like Lonzo Ball. Like they need smart players around them, good players around them. You need guys that can play the right way. Um, so if you put Ben Simmons somewhere like OKC, like he would definitely be depressed, you know, because like rebuilding, like Ben Simmons' brand is built on like he's won since he came in the league. He's been a 50 win guy since he's been in the league, you know. So it's like he goes somewhere. And I just, uh. God, this guy. You know what I mean? He goes somewhere and they're winning 22 (laughs) games. Like, come on, bro. Like, he's going to look terrible. And he's 22. They're winning 22 games and he's he's getting, you know, 14, 8, and 8 a game. Like, he's going to look nuts. Oh, and three steals. You know, he's going to look nuts. So, um, I I don't see him being okay with being traded somewhere like that, which it doesn't really matter. But the thing is, is like with Ben, he created leverage. It's weird the way he's acting right now. He created some kind of weird leverage so i know the cba is going to be insane whatever that's going to be so let's say he gets traded for um sga right and he decides he doesn't want to play what okc going to do you know like wow so i feel like some teams might be shying away from ben if they don't think he wants to play there i you know? absolutely agree i think he's hurting himself more people think like the sixers he's are hurting 100% him. i think he's, I think no, he's hurting no. himself He's 100% hurting himself because at some point he has to play basketball and the expectations are going to be tremendous, you know, because it's like, bro, you sat here and held out for a whole year. And you came back the same guy, you know, like there's, he put pressure on himself where he has to be LeBron or people are going to kill him the rest of his career. We're you know, totally because, aligned on how we view the yeah. situation. All right. One last thing I want to ask before we wrap up, because um, we were talking earlier and I meant to follow up with you, but you were talking about like, I guess like last year's playoffs and like the battle of attrition and like the teams that got there. So I kind of wanted to like, just dig into that a little bit. Cause I kind of feel like that too. And mm-hmm. people feel like I shouldn't do that as a Warriors fan, because that's often what people did to us. Right. Um, when we won the first championship and I'm like, the Warriors were a 67 and 73 win team. I don't want to hear shit about, (laughs) you know, like we only won because of injuries. Like if you look back at NBA history, teams that win 67 and 73, how many teams even get to that? Right. Like the best team wins in the NBA, generally speaking. Right. That's why it's a seven game series. Right. 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 With a few exceptions. Right. So like, I don't want to relitigate the whole history, but like, I understand that like 
the 2015 series could have looked different, would have looked different if um, Kyrie and, and Love play. And I also feel like the outcome wouldn't have been different because I thought we were the better team. And I thought that the second year, and that's my opinion, but, you know, things happen. So whatever. Um, with the with the box. So I, I, I gave that background to say, so anytime that I say the same thing, like, look, respect to the Bucks. They did what they had to do. Same thing with the Suns, but there were a lot of injuries last year, you know? And people are like, you're doing the same thing that people did to the Warriors. And I'm just like, the Warriors were historically great teams. Like, and I mean, the Suns were a very good team. Um, The Bucks have had better years than they did last year, you know? Um, But I don't think any of those teams were like that. And I was just like, you know, but they went through a a, a, a a Nets team who were missing some pretty key guys or, right, you right. know, and one who was, I don't know, it's hard because Harden is still playing like crap. So was it him being compromised? I don't know. But, you know, and then they got to, then they played Atlanta, you know. <laughs> yeah. let me I, you know because Atlanta fans ah. are going to be in my mentions going crazy saying I'm disrespecting them and Trey and I actually was impressed with Atlanta and what they did and, yeah, and Atlanta's performance. Good basketball so I'm not no. like I actually yeah. think they're pretty versatile and sort of deep so I don't and like Trey Young is an incredible player he's probably a top 10 player you know so yeah I think great. after this year it's probably fair to consider Trey a top 10 guy um he's definitely well you know i have him basically probably taking dame's spot in terms of like point guard (laughs) ranking at this point yeah (laughs) and i had dame as like a fringe top 10 like maybe 11 like right there on the outside you know somewhere around there at the bottom so Mm -hmm. i think that's fair to say about trey um but i still think like okay you you played this this banged up nets team you played the hawks you you dominated the Suns, who are another nice team. But you know, I, I the think Suns had no they had one center. Like that that was it. They had eight in and then who else was there? Like, I mean, of course they go right. crazy. So like I, I do think there's a bit of like look, Giannis dominated, he was great. He had like an all-time play like finals performance. And at the same time, we can also be honest about like what the competition was and, you know, what it took to get there. And so I like this year, I'm praying for everyone to stay healthy. You know, it's always a battle of attrition, but I want to see the best go at the best and see who comes out the victor. And I feel very confident in my Warriors, but, you know, I still know that there are other great teams. I know that Kyrie can come back any minute, you know, I the Lakers can probably turn it around. I'm not a big believer in them, but the Lakers may turn it around. Um, what are your kind of thoughts overall on like all the different kind of contenders or people out there? As far as like attrition wise or just, just who the I think teams, are like-, like, yeah. Who's like more likely to like make it. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, do you think the Bucks are going to repeat or get back there? Um, the Nets, is it like another team in the West? Who do you think maybe right now is not popping up as like, the team in the west or anywhere really but maybe they're going to emerge later that kind of a thing a surprise team mm, that's tough because i mean do um, you think do you think the two best teams in the west are the warriors and the suns probably yeah i would say that and then there's probably like you know the jazz are right there um jazz think- is i think they're a team that can like as like i said you know stay healthier and sneak out the west really? um 
I hate the Jazz. I hate Rudy Goldberg. Like, I, I don't know what it is. It's not personal. It's just I don't like the way he plays. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't like his fans. I don't know what it is, but. No one likes Rudy. But, like, what about the Lakers? Are you, like. I don't know. I love AD. I mean, I love LeBron, obviously. Um, I, I just don't. With them, it's just, like, they're just. They got to stop, like, this turnover in their roster. Like, like I get I get AD isn't, you know, playing excellent. He's playing good, not excellent. But. He keeps playing with different guys. It's kind of like what the Sixers dealt with a few years for the last, yeah, well, for a few years where they kept having new entire starting lineups around Ben and Embiid. It's kind of the same thing with LeBron and AD. They keep playing with different people. Right. And at some point, you, no there's other team, right, there's some teams around you that are building that continuity, like, you know, the Jazz and the Warriors. And it's no surprise those are the top teams, Jazz, Warriors, and um, Suns. Um, there's no surprise. They're, they're not making these huge roster flips every year you know and that kind of make them look at some point it's like what point am i actually allowed to say like i don't know about the lakers because all i keep hearing is like now there's still time it's still early it's still this and i'm just like are they just gonna turn it on in the playoffs is that what you guys are expecting i i just don't know i think they're um they're a playoff team but they could be a they're not a contender to me at this point. Like they don't play, they play like a play in team, but I'm just giving them like, they got LeBron. He's going to get healthy. I'm giving them that to say they're a playoff team. So no disrespect to Laker fans. I have a lot of good friends over there and they're cool Mm -hmm. people, but like my eyes are saying like, out of respect for LeBron, I'm saying they're a playoff team, but I don't see them as a contender just from just looking at how Vogel's coaching him, you know, which he makes stuff so difficult. Like, I watch us the time, but I'm like, why are they like putting AD in ISO? Like, bro, he's been trash all year. Like, why is he still like, I'm no, I don't even watch that many Lakers games. I might watch like one a week or so, but like his shooting also hasn't been, I'm like, what do they keep doing? Just, you know, create, you know, pick and roll, you know, catch and shoot, you know, do stuff like that for him. Don't make him have to dribble or nothing. Just make him catch and shoot or roll to the rim. Like that's where he's been eating at. Make him do the putbacks, like stuff like that. Dump offs. But like they're making them play a different way because they have no spacing and it's weird. And like, what are they doing? I hate the spacing work because everyone just uses it for everything. Like it's such an overrated thing, but it's like it's a true thing though. There isn't their spacing yeah, like, is ugly. It's it's like they don't they're playing the worst possible way. Like they literally play like they're trying to like make it difficult. Like they're trying to play for style points or something. I'm like, why? are they forcing the ball like this to AD to play this way? He's obviously not that guy at this point. You think Bogle you know, survives the season? No, I don't. I don't think it's all his fault either, but I don't. I, I can 100% see why they would do it. So I'm like 85% that he finishes maybe, but like this offseason, they're probably going to let him go. They're going to need some kind of scapegoat, you know, because they're not going to trade Russ. They can't trade that, so he can't be scapegoated. They can't obviously scapegoat LeBron. You know, obviously they can't scapegoat AD. So next person up is Vogel. You know, they're not getting rid of Palinka. You know, like that. That's just not going to happen. So someone's going to, right? You know, relax. And it might be. It should be Vogel. I think, even though it's not all his fault, it's just the personnel. And what about the East? Who do you have like as the top teams over there possibly coming out? Uh, it's gonna. It's crazy to say, you know, but I feel like. The East isn't as great as I thought they would be this year, for one. Really? I feel like the East is so much deeper. 
I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, I feel like they'd be way better. You know, obviously, like, um, I know everyone loves the Bulls, but the Bulls, you know, they have. Why? Like... Why are you doubting the Bulls? Why are people still doubting the Bulls? I don't understand this. It's just like they just have like six guys, like, you know, like six guys, and then they just don't seem like full enough to compete to me you know i mean i be. hear you but i mean playoff rotations only go eight deep anyway that's but, true that's true and maybe you know, there's and, someone uh, they could pick up like before the trade deadline buyout so, market that's what yeah, i'm saying they, they, need they to lost get some players unfortunately so that's why they're thinner but i mean yeah. they're legit like why you know yeah. i just feel they're like legit they're not a contender but they're legit like they're not a real <laughs> team i don't understand it's um it's just like when i watch them play it's just like they kind of like i remember okay this is when i realized they weren't legit when the sixers beat them when no one beat i was just like i don't know but you that's know? a game that doesn't mean it's they're a, not legit and I'm, <laughs> and I'm watching and i'm seeing what the sixers are doing and it's like anyone can lose a game anyone can lose it but it's how they lost it i'm like bro um Drummond should not be eating like this, you know. Like this is not okay. You know, Drummond's <laughs> a horrible offensive player. I love him as a rebounder and he's been a good rim protector, but it's just I love DeRozan, love Levine. I've always been pro Levine. I love Lonzo Ball. Everyone knows I'm a huge fan of his game. Um I like a lot about him, but I just like you said, they need a one more piece. They need like, you know, maybe one or two guys to flesh out the rotation, you know, because Again, it's an attrition thing, you know. It's like one of those guys get hurt, which, knock on wood, I hate injuries. I never wish that on any player, no matter if I like him, love him. Like, I hate injuries as a basketball fan, but it's just a reality if we're talking attrition. Like, they don't have the bodies to deal with attrition. So who you got, Bucks, Heat? Uh, Not the Heat. Probably the Nets or maybe the Bucks again. Um, um, I know people are kind of, like, losing faith in the Bucks, but I still think they're – they got better in off season, you know. Um, I really love the the Grayson Allen thing was like brilliant, you know. Like I was like, okay, I hate him. He makes like everything. Yeah, I shot. hate him, bro. I was like, I never see him miss a shot. Does he ever miss a like, shot? Not from the corner, you know. And I'm just like, this guy is. <laughs> it was a good pickup, you know. And um, it was. Um, it's tough. The East is like I I kind of felt like obviously I I thought the Sixers were a playing team this year before the season. Like I was I have no expectations. They're a playing team, but um. Probably the Nets or the Bucks. I feel like the role players have been playing so bad for the Nets that they're going to get hot at the right time. You know, obviously Kevin's going to be Kevin, just like he's going to get his, you know, 28 points on 10 shots. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? He's going to be that guy forever. Like, it's insane cool. This you know? year, levels of shooting. Yeah, he's insane. Like, what he's doing in mid-range is insane. Like, I think I said some earlier where he's, like, shooting in a mid-range – his shots in mid range are more effective than three pointers now. You know, it's like that that hasn't wow. ever happened. Like that's wow. never happened in history. Like as far as I've known. So it's like what he's doing in that. I mean, that's just so much I more mean, space he's to smart cover. Because like there, people aren't really even defending the mid range anymore at all. So you know. it's it's a smart, I guess, strategy is what I'm saying. Like you know, if I'm so good at shooting them and they're going to go in at this clip and I'm, they're not going to really defend me then, but right. I'm going to keep shooting them. It's, it's pretty yep. smart. And it's like, it just, it just, I don't know. It obviously you can't win the whole game by himself, but I feel like, again, like I feel like those role players are going to get hot at the right point. And then this is another thing too. Are they? 
which role players are we talking about? Because Joe Harris is going to have to come back now from that injury, which is seemed like it's pretty significant. That. So yeah, it is. Um, so it's going to take like him some time to get back into rhythm. I think. I think um, this is another thing too. I feel like the guys on the Rockets, like Aaron, uh, Eric Gordon, um, and then there's another guy on there. Um, they're not. Oh, and um, he's played for the Magic, uh, the guard. God, what's his name? He's played for Texas. Which team? The Rockets. Those guys are not going to finish the season. You know where oh, they're at. The Rockets. You mean there might be some Wood? Not Wood. Uh, the guard. Gosh, what's his name? I'm drawing I'm a blank. Wood. I don't remember all their players. I want Wood, so I don't know about anyone else on that roster. Wood, uh, on that oh, yeah. Have, people have been sending the words and looking into him, but um, there's a guy. Uh, what's his name? Gosh, it's going to kill me, but um, there's going to be guys that start to get picked off of these, you know, bottom-feeding teams. They're going right. to end up on, like, the Nets, and I, 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 can, I feel like Joe Harris. Go ahead. Keep going. I feel like Joe Harris is going to get traded, too. Like, I, I just don't. Do you? To, to finish to fill out the team yeah i think he's gonna get traded um i just feel like he's not a playoff player and he's he has a few solid games but he's not you know what he's making like 18 million dollars yeah it's um dj augustin dj augustin i feel like guys like that oh dj augustin that's the guy name Oh, okay um, yeah he is guys like, like that are going to end up on you know some team on the east contending maybe not in the west more so and they're going to help you know rotations they might end up in you know brooklyn or chicago or you know wherever you know and they might help you might find guys like that but um as yeah. far as the east is by the net sort of bucks honestly um trying to think if I anyone still just else. think like if harden doesn't start playing better and Kyrie doesn't come back. I just don't see the Nets. Nets winning, which is fair, um, because they. Blake it's either or, like if it's both. Then I think like they are probably the team in the East. But mm-hmm. I feel like Harden has to be. He has to be MVP Harden. Um, yeah. And if Kyrie is not coming back, he has to be that guy. So if he doesn't, oh. or Kyrie doesn't, I just. They're probably the second best team to me in the East, but I think, you know, it's the Eastern Conference yeah. Finals and that's their ceiling, barring injuries or some other thing. And, you know, I think there's a good chance the Bucks could come out the East. You know, I think they're yeah. they're good. Everyone's talking about how they have their swagger now because they won. They're back healthy, right? For this for the season, mm-hmm. they had some issues. So it looks like they're winning again. Um, so we'll just see about the Bucks. Yeah, because I, I just don't see anyone else on like East. Like, I just don't see anyone else. Like, the Heat, maybe, but um, I, Duncan Robinson just fell off a cliff, you know. Um, Kyle Lowry, just, I don't know, he's he's, he's old. He's been really inconsistent. Yeah, just fell off a cliff. Like, it's just bad. Um, he has been inconsistent. That, that's what I actually noticed, because they had like, that <laughs> hot start. And then I was looking at, you know, I was watching, like, Kyle has been, like, he'll have, like, a really great game, and then a not so great game so he's been they need him to be consistent but yeah I don't know like I thought the heat could be one of those teams and I think they can still they have a great coach I love Spo that's the coach coach Spo I like Spo and um so they could turn it around so I definitely would not count them out but yeah we'll see all right this has been great it's been a really really fun conversation um 
everyone, I hope that you enjoy Nathan as much as I did, because as you can see, he's super smart and has, you know, a lot of great insight around the league to offer, not just on the Sixers. Um, so we look forward to playing you guys on, on Saturday. I, I hope it goes down so you get a good game. Um, with right. Steph just trying to kill us with threes. I hope it goes down because I will be in the building and I want to get. <laughs> oh, let's I say to... let's say Steph gets eight tomorrow. Yeah, and you get this eight uh, versus Philly. Is it home Philly? Right, Philly's. Yes, but I I Philly? need I need it. Listen, if he does not get to sixteen, <laughs> it has to happen in Philly because then the next fucking game is Indiana, and I don't want no damn records being broken in Indiana. Ew. Because Ew. the game after that is MSG, which I will be at as well. It would be epic in MSG. <laughs> but that would mean he would have to do something like five or six threes. But if he's like in the yeah. eight range. That'd be cool. He just if he's four, in the four, five four, or then. six range, it's like probably not going to be Philly either. But if it's like in yep. the eight range, we could get to Philly. So Philly or MSG, just like curse him for indiana i don't even because that's a back-to-back anyway so sit him give him his rest and let him go ham and msg <laughs> yeah, all right and philly fans will love it watch philly fans or basketball fans first so they will love it you know yeah um, you don't think Mike get... will be trying to stop it and his... he will 100 try to stop it just out of spitefulness but i'm pretty sure the fans in philly will love to see stuff you know break the record you know i've gone cool. to games in philly before it's actually a really great building to be in and yeah, i was they're to... cool I went to college there, so you know it's my my, okay. my stomping ground. So I'm very familiar yeah, with Philly, nice. and um, nice. looking forward to it. All right, Nathan, thank you so much for being on. Listen, guys, make sure you are subscribed if you're watching on YouTube. Follow on Apple Pods, Spotify, wherever you like to stream um, podcasts. It is available on that. Um, that support is so important to me. If you download. It also helps me a lot as a content creator. So I really appreciate you. And if you're really feeling in a good mood, leave a review. I appreciate those. Give me a five-star rating only. <laughs> All of those things. <laughs> if you don't have, if you don't want to give me five stars, then you know, you know what they say. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. But until next time, thank you for tuning in. Take care.